0: It's Coin Talk. I'm Aaron Lammer here with Jay Kang. Uh, great show today. We talked about Bitcoin maximalism, the scammier end of the pond getting sucked out, and what it means uh, to have Ethereum around as a Bitcoin non competitor. Lots of interesting stuff to talk about. We're brought to you in partnership with medium medium has tons of great writing on crypto and uh, maybe if you want to read that writing you want to become a medium member for five bucks a month and unlocks great stuff like the transcripts to this show there's a transcript for every episode up I totally recommend that uh, we did an interview uh, last week with Chris Dannon who's a miner and runs a fund uh, that's a good read you can get in touch with us hi at show. perhaps you'd like to sponsor the show. We're working out some uh, deals with that, and we'd love to talk to more people. We'd also love to get uh, reader questions. I'm setting up the final book club, which will have an appearance by Safadine Amus. So send him your questions. Again, hi at (laughs) cointalk.show. This episode of Coin Talk was taped Monday, June 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern
1: Standard Time. The Bitcoin price index was
0: $6,651. Jay, it's been a while. We're back here in the Crypto Cave.
1: Hot day today in New York, but the Crypto Cave is very cool down here. You'll,
0: you'll notice I installed an air conditioner in the Crypto Cave.
1: That air conditioner looks like you stole it from a bodega. Yeah
0: it's uh well it's it's hard to get an air conditioner for people listening at home the crypto cave has approximately uh three square feet of window space (laughs) that's generous generous 50 percent of which is now occupied by a bodega (laughs) air conditioner which we can't run while we're taping (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's going to be a hot summer in here. Let's just, let's hope for, uh, I'm hoping that prices start going up because we're going to need some good news. If we're going to be forced to sit in this room in the middle of June, yeah,
1: I had the heat, us being poor and hot and yeah. recording this podcast is not as fun as us being slightly richer and, and sweltering hot.
0: Well, now that it's hot, I kind of want to, we did that. Remember like we did that, that episode where we kind of took stock of our experience so far. I feel like this is another good time to take stock, but let's let's wait and do that in a bit cuz yeah. I want to do a little bit of uh every time there's a scam that I hear about, I'm like that I don't want to talk too much more about scams, but this one is so good that we have to talk about it. I think we may have like gotten the ultimate like scam coin unfolding story this week.
1: Uh, I think that this this scam at the very least is directly in the intersection of all of our interests.
0: And I also would say a it's amazing to me how much of the crypto news, like the first time I'll hear about a coin, is as it goes down in flames.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, why else would you hear about it? Well, I
0: mean, it's like it's like if they're like, "Hey, what kind of altcoins are you into?" I'm gonna be like, "Privacy coins and coins that are em- em- enmeshed in a horrific scandal <laughs> that I can read about in real time."
1: What percentage of coins do you think that you know about are from uh, stories about how they've? Been revealed as scams.
0: Uh, I would say fifty percent of the altcoins that I like know about. Have yeah, had, at, so le- at least have had their image tarnished at least once.
1: And I would say I know much more about the scam coins than I know about the coins that I oh, invested yeah. in.
0: I'm like, I could, I could talk for like an hour about Bitconnect. And if you were like Project Aragon, I was like, I don't know. Someone respectable said that word once on the on a basement <laughs> tape.
1: <laughs> same, same. There's like when I was when I was very heavily invested in Zero X, and you're like, what is Zero X? You're like uh, it seems to be a platform of platforms, something, something, ERC twenty. And then if you're like, any scam, I'd be like, well, sit down. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like. I didn't really pay
0: attention to even like EOS. Like I paid attention, but I didn't really know what it was. And then now that people are like, EOS is like a mess, I'm like, tell me more about this mess. So, Jay, are you familiar with Skycoin?
1: Uh, I am familiar with Skynet.
0: Skynet? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're early playing with Fire, <laughs> any kind of a Sky name. Yeah. So, I was not previously familiar with Skycoin. And this is one of these stories that's all like posted as a giant image that's cut up of different um, like telegrams. So, I think this whole thing happened more or less on Telegram. There's some echoes here of the Sumo coin collapse, although I would say this one is more hilarious. So uh, they say, Skycoin staff were alerted to large coin balances that were being dumped and driving down the price. We investigated and found the stolen coins originated from the distribution wallets traced the stolen coins to the Chinese marketing team. So the first thing that catches your eye here is Chinese marketing team. Yeah. Now, this is how a lot of these... ICO, Altcoin, Project, Startup. They have uh, an alit- initial coin allotment for d- development and another initial coin develop- um, allotment for marketing. I don't really have any insight into what these marketing teams are doing. Do you? I think they send out a lot of emails. They're probably emailing us. Yeah. Because we get a lot of broken English we want to talk about our ICO on your show emails. And someone has to be getting paid to send those.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, would you like to meet the founder of Xcoin, which neither of us has ever heard of. And there's no real, like, there's no explanation outside of that. It, it, it does feel like, and this is something that everyone who's in crypto has said, the volume of emails that you get from being in crypto is insane. I mean, like, even when I was like uh, doing, running like a tech blog for the New Yorker, I probably get 15 emails a day from PR people. And crypto is is almost more than that, you know? And you and I have like a podcast about, about crypto. I'll it's not th- like the New Yorker.
0: I'll say this in terms of things that I don't really like. Some of the money I invest in a uh, software project being used to spam people from, chi- from by Chinese marketers, it doesn't seem like a great use of funds if you are actually doing something. If you're yes. not actually planning to do anything and you're just trying to get coins to pump them up, maybe the Chinese marketing thing's not a terrible idea. It seems like a
1: very good idea, actually. Okay, Jay's, yeah. uh, Jay's in favor of it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not in favor of it from an ethical standpoint. I'm in favor of it if your project is fake and all you want to do is con some people into buying it, then buying a Chinese marketing team doesn't really seem like that bad of an idea.
0: Okay, so I think it it feels like at this point of the story, it's fair to say, what is Skycoin? Yes. Um, I'm just going to read you the one paragraph description. The Skycoin platform is the most advanced blockchain in the world. (laughs) 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 Should have read that in Trump voice. (laughs) Developed by early contributors to both Bitcoin and Ethereum, Skycoin's platform is completely secure, infinitely scalable, and ISP independent. Backed by bandwidth storage and computational power, Skycoin is built to fulfill Satoshi's original vision. I think you could pretty much take any clause in that entire paragraph and move it to a different sentence without changing the meaning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do like the word contributors to the original Bitcoin and Ethereum project. I wonder what their uh, threshold for that was.
0: So... Basically, it's the most generic blockchain
1: project, but but also the best.
0: Yeah, it's also the best and it's the most generic. Um, so they claimed that the Chinese marketing team was taking more money than they were supposed to, and they also claimed that some of the coins that were supposed to go as employee bonuses to the Chinese marketing team were being held by management. So not only were they claiming that the Chinese marketing team somehow defrauded them, they claimed they were also like. Um, Messing like not giving their employees money they were supposed to get. <laughs>
1: now, okay, I can I just put a po- uh, pause it here. Yeah. I do not know the outcome of this story you are telling it to me yeah. for the first time. Yeah, I'm very suspicious that these employees exist. I um
0: I am also suspicious these employees exist. One of the things that the Skycoin team um accused them of is invoice fraud, which. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a technical accounting term or what. Um, so Aaron, we
1: should start telling people who, uh, who email us asking for sponsorships on the show that we have like a 12-person team that we have to pay for.
0: The Chinese marketing team's response to these accusations of invoice fraud is maybe the greatest sentence I've ever come right, across in crypto. It. And potentially what we should change the tagline of the show to. When you eat at the restaurant and you order vegetables, you do not ask how much the restaurant paid
1: for the vegetables. Wow. Wow. Kind of deep. Yeah, but, it is true. It's true. I've never done that. Have you? No. And they're
0: like, hey, you want some Chinese marketing? Give, <laughs> us, the, give us the coin wallet. We'll, we'll, we'll underpay our employees as we see fit. <laughs> so in order to stop the Chinese marketing team from uh, profiteering from invoice fraud, they immediately went to a hard fork to freeze the coins
1: that they had. So this is this is so it's kind of like the DAO th- Ethereum. It's thing. like
0: a very shitty, tiny, petty version of the Ethereum uh, DAO hack. Okay. Um, although they're only talking about a hundred thousand coins, so it's not like it would have crippled the project. It's it this seems, is a deep
1: spite move. It seems like it is uh, that they just like I don't know what the f- phrase is, but they cut off their nose to spite their face. Well, I feel like. This
0: is one of the overall asterisks on all of these claims of being the best blockchain in the world <laughs> and the most decentralized ever. Yeah, it's like until they people immediately do a hard fork because they like are in a dispute with their
1: Chinese marketing team. Yeah, you know, yeah, who yeah.
0: may or may not even exist.
1: Yeah, it's very hard to explain to your investors.
0: So actually, the way that that I originally came across this uh, was someone said on Reddit, "I'm in the Skycoin Telegram, and something seems to be happening with a few of the members, including one of the main guys, Synth, and another founder admin on the project. I'm not sure if they're fake mad at each other, but someone is dumping Skycoin, and I have suspicions it may be the dev-, <laughs> dev team, and they're being fake mad at each other." Members of the team are having arguments on Telegram and even throwing words, calling each other autistic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, is SkyCoin on an exchange? Uh,
0: that's a good question. I think it is. Yeah. Let's see. Hold on one sec.
1: I have one guess on what to which exchange it's on, and uh, it ends in Topia.
0: I mean, it's definitely on some exchange, because as you're about to see in the story, um, they start getting involved in trying to manipulate the trading of it fairly up. Oh, wow. It's down another 15% since I was <laughs> prepping for the show an hour ago. Okay, that undercuts one of the points I'm going to bring up in a second. But uh, let's see. what. Uh, okay, it's on two exchanges. You're already correct on one out of two.
1: Cryptopia. Yes. Guess what the other one is. Ooh. I'm going to go with. That one I signed up for that I can't remember the name of. Dragon Bigger. On. Uh,
0: it's biggest volume. So on Cryptopia, it's 24-hour volume is only $189,000. <laughs> uh, but it did uh, about $10 million in volume on Binance. Oh, it's on Binance? It's on Binance. Well, I think Binance is embracing a high-low strategy of we could make the most money if we let people trade everything. Do you see sure. how much money Binance has been making? Yeah. A yeah. lot. They're making yeah. like more money than Deutsche Bank.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, it also, it's like four people, so.
0: Uh, okay, CZ so. CZ
1: is rich as hell.
0: So, Synth, who I believe is the same person as Steve, he's referred to alternately as Synth and Steve. <laughs> froze, after Steve froze the coins, nine people and five gang members showed up to my home and kidnapped and threatened me. They asked for 10,000 bitcoins. Wait, who is saying this? This is the guy who's like the Skycoin guy. Synth. Synth. So he says that nine people and five gang members. I don't know if the gang members are the same people as the <laughs> nine people. So are they included? It's either
1: 14 or nine. But nine, to his nine house. And
0: 14 people, some of whom were gang members, showed up at his house and th- kidnapped, threatened him, and asked for 10,000 Bitcoin. Now, I'd like to say- 10,000 Bitcoin. Even in this extremely depressed market that we are currently at, that is $65 million. Yeah. Uh, who who has like $65 million just waiting to transfer if they're getting... Like who who would break in and really think they're going to get 10,000 Bitcoin? Does synth some... really have s- uh, 10,000 Bitcoin? So there's actually a different account for this on, on the Skycoin website. It says, at 9:30 p.m. on June 13th, nine individuals, including and led by marketing team members Samsung Fong, Mary Lee, Shangdong Yan, and Jesse Sunfei, burglarized Synth's home. They proceeded to hold Synth and his wife against their will for six hours, over the course of which they threatened, beat, and robbed them. Thanks to wallet security measures, the group was only able to extract 18 Bitcoin and 6,500 Skycoins. This gang also attempted and failed to steal the design framework for the Skycoin ecosystem. Okay, so this is clearly written by someone who's seen some seen some movies, seen some Hong Kong action movies. <laughs> the idea that someone broke into someone's house to get the designs for Skycoin.
1: <laughs> Where are they?
0: <laughs> Where's the flash drive? Give me the Skycoin Where's designs! the flash drive? He's, yeah, and he's like, <laughs> now, I'll say our apologies to the entire Skycoin team if this guy was really kidnapped and beaten.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna just say that I feel like there's very small amount of chance that uh, that we're going to have to actually issue that apology. But yes,
0: so Steve says after the kidnapping, we released the the coins until all of the and this is a this is a, a psych uh, hilarious misspelling until all the Skycon employees were safe. <laughs> 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 always a always a a problem if you're like typing uh, coin stuff quickly. You may have a few cons in, yeah, your, in it, your own uh, Also, it, it
1: might just be autocomplete because they call it SkyCon. Conten- so basically, they did a
0: hard fork, froze the coins, then some Triad members showed up, and the, as a result, they had to unfreeze the coins until all of their team members, who may or may not exist, were safe. At which point, they say the thieves started massively dumping the coin. <laughs> I'll say the crazy part of the story hasn't even happened yet.
1: Okay. So, so anyway, kidnapping, alleged. He,
0: so now he's safe. Synth is safe. He says, everyone's safe now. We actually did pretty well on the market, too. Even during the dump, we had an early investor sell 100,000 coins and the price did not drop. This is the first person who immediately after being released by triad members has been like,
1: and the coins doing pretty well. <laughs> 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 well, he's just looking after uh, investor confidence. Okay. So he says, since they
0: are dumping the stolen coins and we can't stop them, we informed all the investors to completely pull out all price support. If we can buy back the stolen coins at $5, it would be even better. Then once they are done dumping, we will bounce it back again. Yeah, okay. This is a wild thing to do, is tell everyone to sell their coins so that they can get back the stolen coins and that they will just be able to inflate the price back to its original level. I mean, to say that, there's manipulation happening on the price here it's like uh, to, to not even begin to get into
1: it. No, I mean it, the, what he has essentially described is uh an incredible ponzi scheme.
0: This is similar to what happened in Sumo coin, although I, there was no triad members
1: I Wait, they're trying to rebuy all the Sumo coin?
0: No, no, I'm just saying this whole affair. Oh. Like the kind of fake people element, the the wall the money reserved for the developers. It seems like a common so We can agree, you and I can agree, that of all the altcoins, at least 90% are totally bogus.
1: Yeah, I'd go a little higher.
0: Probably higher. We were talking about this with a friend who will remain nameless because of his job, and we were all all positing what percentage we thought, and he was like, well, depends where you draw the scam line. He said there's people who are just outright scammers, and then there are well-meaning but incompetent people trying to do things that they couldn't possibly pull off. Yeah. So if we just draw the line at outright scammers, I still think we're talking about 90%.
1: We're above 90 Above yeah. 90%. Yeah. Okay. So that is how most... So
0: once we know that, once we know that most of these actors ha- are acting in bad faith, how do they act in bad faith? It seems like these allotments of coins that are reserved for the team are the place where you really start getting into some funny business.
1: Yeah. Because there's no... I mean, they just printed money, essentially. Yeah. And all they need is a slight bounce and then they can do whatever they want with their fake printed money.
0: And it seems like when you have in your toolkit freezing coins, hard forks, fake kidnappings, telling all the original investors to dump their coins and and that you can bounce the price back after that. Like, you got a lot of tools at your disposal.
1: If you can do things that are like on page 1 of any sort of market or SEC guideline that says you cannot do this or maybe we'll just get rid of page 1 cuz it's so obvious this yes. is illegal. The fact that you can post about it, hey, let's do this, that is an incredible tool.
0: Well, and I think that it, the fact that you can do all that stuff in a 48-hour period <laughs> suggests that decentralization is mostly in name. And I don't I don't think this reflects like on the entire you know bitcoin world but at the bottom in the in the shit and what we're seeing is that even most of the coins on binance are in the shit
1: yeah i Uh, do wonder how a place like binance will eventually respond to this because it seems like more and more of these things are getting exposed mostly because i think well i think it's two reasons the first is that obviously members of the media are interested in scams but also I, I think a lot of it is just sort of self-policing at this point that people are waking up and they're starting to say, hey, we need to get rid of some of this stuff. And so anything that seems scammy is immediately surfaced. Whereas before, I think that might have been suppressed even.
0: I think that maybe m- the people who were doing the initial ones were better at it. And yeah. now we're seeing, we're seeing such growth in scammy coins that we're seeing people who like, don't really have their shit together and are like, okay, my first idea here is I'll fake a kidnapping. Okay.
1: Counterpoint though, right? (laughs) Counterpoint. Maybe the kidnapping was real. (laughs) No, no, no. My counterpoint is that I'm not sure that if you are trying to cycle through as many of these as you can. Yeah. So let's say you're trying to give yourself 50 shots, right? To, Uh to have a scam pull off. Yeah. What is the point of doing it well? Like it seems to have no correlation with with uh with whether or not the thing is real or not. I mean, you know, not to bring this up, but like SumoCoin, for example, one of us invested in it <laughs> <laughs> quite heavily. I'm, I and, have some good news for you, Jay. <laughs> what I'll let is you, that? I'll yeah. let you finish. So you might as well just do as many bad scams as possible because it doesn't seem like the goodness of the scam really matters.
0: I think that's right. It always tripped me out that the Nigerian scam was so ham-fisted, like, oh, get more creative, different country, different story. Just give me something. Give me some narrative. If you're actually looking for people who will fall for an extremely simple scam, you might as well have it be pretty dumb and simple. Like, You might as well use the same cookie cutter website that the Skycoin project has, like, you might as well make it recognizable to people so that it looks like every other ICO and it goes down in flames like every other ICO. And the craziest part to me of all this stuff is not that it's happening, which is pretty wild, but that the market, which you know, we we keep ascribing these magical qualities to the market. Oh, the price already includes all this yeah, yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah. So the news I was gonna give you is that sumo coin's back.
1: How back? <laughs>
0: It's it's trading on trade ogre and what I think is it'll trade be Trade Ogre. It's sub Cryptopia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you have an account? Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> and it bounced back after after not like all the way back, but it has experienced up motion. And even Skycoin, it's still trading higher right now than it was in like October twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of these things are almost scam exposure proof. The market's basically just as interested in them pre or post scam.
1: Do you think that the people who are investing in it don't know about the scam? Or do you think there are bots trading that just trade... Things, regardless of whether or not they're scams or not, I
0: think people—it's people who who see a coin that's going down in flames as a potentially
1: like good trading opportunity. Well, that's where I think the bots might come in, right? I think that's people also.
0: I mean, that what I've seen in the Sumo Coin and the Sky Coin Telegrams and Reddit's is. Yeah, but like if we survive this, this could be a great like entry opportunity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they bought into they bought into uh, S or Stevens. Uh, they bought into his gospel. Let's just crash this thing and rebuy. I mean,
0: I'll say that when when Shumo coin reopened at like I think thirty five cents, I was like,
1: eh, could be a buy. Did you buy?
0: I did not buy. Because uh, I didn't want to transfer any Bitcoin to Trade Ogre. <laughs> if I had had the chance to buy on Cryptopia, I would have been tempted. Trade
1: Ogre. By the way, is a great name. Fantastic name. It's a Very good name. Um, so, like,
0: where does this leave us all? I mean, should should we even be talking about this kind of stuff? Does this have anything to do with Bitcoin?
1: Well, uh, we are an entertainment podcast, yes. and I would say that I find all these scams to be wildly entertaining. I do too. I think that anything involving the triads and And a fake coin and the uh demand for ten thousand bitcoin, and then they only you know like it's all just very funny, yeah and uh i don't i think that at this point like crypto is half uh you know is like sixty percent memes, and I find all those memes funny, so i don't I don't mind talking about it i i and obviously you and I have no like we're not protecting crypto in any sort of way so <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't, I don't feel bad about it i mean i don't know i i think that uh you know like things like bitcointopia things that we see that we think are funny we you know we should just oh talking
0: about i don't it. feel bad don't get me <laughs> yeah, wrong I, I don't feel bad i, about like, what I, are you doing? I feel bad what are you about doing? that i bought Sumo coin not but not <laughs> bad in the way that you're talking about uh i guess i mean when people are talking about American politics, yes, you take like a fringe candidate like uh, LaRouche. Do you remember LaRouche? No. He was like a guy who uh, was. You'd always get uh, on UC Berkeley college campus. There'd always be someone like pamphleting for him. He ran for <laughs> president while he was in federal prison in the nineties.
1: Uh, what was his platform?
0: I don't really remember. It was kind of like it was. It was a little prescient. It was like kind of uniting the far right and left but like in an earlier generation.
1: So it's like the Jack's Liberty coin.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: I actually have no idea what LaRouche's (laughs) political
0: platform is. That might be totally wrong. But anyway, it wouldn't be like, oh, um, the state of American politics is in disarray. Look at LaRouche. And I feel like the Sumo coins and the Sky coins are the LaRouche's. of. Oh, I get what you're saying. Like, maybe it's just so low that it's like, come on. Like, are we even going to talk about this in the same breath?
1: Uh yes, but I would say that w- when you look at market caps for these coins and you look at the combined shit coin market cap, yep. you can't really ignore it. You know, I mean, it. And if you look at the uh, what we always talk about is these behavioral waves that happen in crypto. Um, the last behavioral wave was when people were pumping stuff like Tron. Sure. Um, and, and-
0: EOS is still worth what like the number sure. five cap coin. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Or when DentaCoin was pumping. Yeah. Like that's part of crypto. And it, it wasn't a fringe part. Some Kodak it's like, coin uh, uh, fans clapped back at us last week, by the no way. No way, really? Oh, yeah. They were like,
0: uh, it's a very promising ecosystem for photo rights management on the web.
1: Is that like a burner <laughs> account for John Kodak the
0: IV? All, all, all I know <laughs> is that there's a significant population of people who are sitting there with Twitter search terms, like just <laughs> waiting. Because we haven't also mentioned Kodak coin for like six weeks. Someone was like deep in there like, wait, they insulted Kodak coin four months ago?
1: Well, okay, so that's something I wanted to talk about today, which was that there seems to be a Twitter war going on where the Bitcoin maximalists are coming out and sort of saying they're staking their ground and they're saying we've we've been putting up with you shit coiners for long enough and uh, we've had it. Yep. Like Bitcoin is the only true cryptocurrency. Everything else is a shit coin. Everything else is a distraction from the goal of returning the world, or not returning the world, but putting the world on a Bitcoin standard where cryptocurrency is the only true currency. And that every single one of these scams makes us look bad. You know, they're stupid. Uh, they're not philosophically based. They're not technologically or economically sound. And that we need to just get rid of all of them if we have any shot at this. Because right now, nobody takes us seriously. Nobody is really thinking about the actual issues because everybody is too caught up in these sorts of scams, which, you know...
0: Um, uh, and and in thinking of this as a media war, not a technology war, and I think one of the big developments of the last year in the world is re- realizing that all of these things, technology, politics, are all now media, yeah. mostly social media wars. I think they're kind of right. Like I think these Bitcoin maximalists are like, we're not going to have another big bull run until we start getting some positive news coverage, or at least something where people write about. Our big vision, instead of some guys in Switzerland who said they were going to put mining equipment and shipping containers and move it around where electricity is cheap, yeah, like these are better narratives. They're more fun. They're what we talk about on the show, but they're not going to make you buy Bitcoin.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And look, that I I sympathize with them a lot, despite not agreeing with their politics. Like, uh, but I do think they're fundamentally right in the sense that. Bitcoin and crypto really has one shot, right? And yep. this is something that you said a lot, which is that the provocative idea in crypto is not a world of D apps that kind of feel like the apps on our phone, but it's whether or not Bitcoin is a real currency. And uh, for these guys, like the better story is definitely whether you agree with it or not that Austrian school economics is good, you know yep. that uh, fiat currency destroy the world, and that we need to get back to some sort of thing that keeps value constant so that people can understand what money is and what value is, and they can base their work and their labor on that. Like, that's a reasonable argument to make in these times especially, and they feel like that message can't get out there because it is, like, enveloped in this electron cloud of shit, and I I don't disagree with them.
0: That's a noble read. And I, uh, I applaud you for taking the noble side of Bitcoin for once. <laughs> but I think the part that that ignores is greed, and greed is a essential human no, but, quality.
1: But that's me saying. That's about me saying that they would say greed is good, right? Right. Like they're Gordon Gecko. But like I would argue that that's part of their ideology, and that actually is a like there are people, a lot of people in the world who also agree that greed is good.
0: But. You can't say greed is good, but no Sky Corners. Those Sky Corners staged a fake <laughs> kidnapping to further their greed. They told people to dump so that they could repump
1: because of greed. No, no, no. It does feel like I agree that it does. Like the thing that is annoying about this is that they're kind of like only free market Austrian school economics for us. You I know, mean, not for you.
0: You want the Bitcoin baby, you're going to take the shitcoin bathwater with it. <laughs> greed, people don't discriminate within greed. And why be nobly greedy and try and build something great that satisfies your greed when it's easier to be shitty and short-term greedy? Like, for Bitcoin to work, I think people need to be a little more long-term greedy. And these shitcoins are examples of extremely short-time frame greed. An example I saw in the news this week is... Probably the biggest Bitcoin story since we've last hung, since we were last hanging, was uh, Steve Bannon sure. getting into the Bitcoin game. And
1: so, not a shock that-
0: uh, I'm surprised Bic- that it took him so long. I, know, I was like, I was like, have you not been reading the news?
1: Yeah, I thought that he would be into the. Bi- I mean, he's, one of his big operations for was to make that World of Warcraft mining operation in China. You would think that that guy would have bought a shitload of Bitcoin. Well, he's also
0: hanging out with a bunch of alt-right dudes who are already deep in Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I don't but, you know, you cannot, uh, you can never um, underestimate the like lack of technological interest on the point of. Part of someone who's over the age of
1: sixty in America right now. Yeah, but are just not interested. I feel like that. I feel like he probably was interested in Bitcoin before this.
0: Well, and this feels like a very planned coming out. Yeah, like if you told me uh, we looked at his wallet and Bannon actually has had Bitcoin for two and a half years, I'd believe you.
1: I, if you said. Seven years, I would yeah. believe, you. He's
0: coming out as a Bitcoin person. Sure. And he's rebranding himself as a crypto influencer. <laughs>
1: Come on the podcast, Steve. He's, he knows where his <laughs> brand is butting. Yeah.
0: But if you go with the noble version of this, even the noble Austrian school, even if you somehow think that Steve Bannon is a noble figure, which... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if you're taking the noble thing, he would be like, hey, I really think Bitcoin's good. My dad lost all of his money in the financial crash. I empathize with Satoshi's world vision and I want to put my energy and focus behind um, destroying central banking and building up Bitcoin. That would be the noble take. What he actually said was, uh, yeah, I'm into Bitcoin. I'm also looking at a few ICOs and advising m- people and maybe I'm going to do a deplorable coin. That's the short term greedy version. Yeah. And that's how everyone who, who has a platform who arrives. uh it does not take them long. As soon as they're like out in public about being into Bitcoin, they're usually doing something short-term, greedy. The people who are long-term noble are quietly holding or quietly building but things. I
1: but I don't. But that's. I think the story actually is that uh, some of those quiet holders are coming out now. Yeah, and they're saying that this has gone too far. I totally agree with you. You know, it's like, what type of libertarian are you? You know, it's the question that I would ask them. Just be like, look, this is is the world that you want, you know? And you can't just draw lines and say, we can't do this. We can't do this. It's Mm -hmm. like you're being the state. It's stupid. Yeah. You know, but I do think that they are fundamentally correct in their prognosis, which is that. Okay. So here's the way I'd ask you the question. Do you think that Bitcoin would be healthier and i'm not talking about the price the project itself do you feel like the project would be more long term healthy if nothing th- would be healthier if, with steve bannon no it? if <laughs> that's true if ethereum had not existed that's a that's a really good
0: question i would say no you don't think so i would say you have to try other things to find out that okay, you have okay but the, right the other idea.
1: thing is was an ex- explosion of shit coins because of Ethereum. Right. Right, Because all the shit coins are built off Ethereum.
0: I think the, it would be healthier if the competitor had not been a Matryoshka doll that was intended to be a coin to create other coins. Yeah, that, Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. so, So, yes. I think Bitcoin is healthier to have a competitor, but the direction of the competitors is not healthy. I mean, this is the essential thing about libertarianism, Austrian school, whatever. It believes in deregulation. And are we deregulating so that we can destroy central banking and have uh, a non-national currency? Or are we deregulating so that we can help out pump and dump scammers?
1: <laughs> you
0: can't choose one or the other. Once the, once the regulation yeah. is gone, you open the door for both. And, and I feel like the idealists and the noble people out there are like, no, no, people will choose the good path. And it's like, no, we got regulations in the first place because people never choose the good yeah. path.
1: Yeah, and and the second that you make it so that people can print money, yeah. then people will print money and they will try and make that money worth more. And when that doesn't work, they'll do another thing. So I agree. Look, there's a lot of hypocrisy in it, but I also think that, uh, like let's say Ethereum didn't exist and it was just Bitcoin versus Monero or something like that. Sure. I think that we would probably have a much different... Thing, but the other thing that I
0: and we could be in that state in two years.
1: The other thing that I would say is that I actually don't think the price would have gone up in the way that it did. I don't think the attention would have been there. Yeah, and maybe that's better for Bitcoin. But I also think that, and you know, like the price went way up. Hundreds of millions of people now know what Bitcoin is who didn't know what it was before. And, you know, we don't know how this is all going to shake out, but probably that spike was eventually good for it, even if, you know, it has all think? proven to be fraudulent.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. So a report came out, I think it was from the University of Texas. Yeah. The report does not have a lot new in it. If you read about Tether and you took the view that Tether and Bitfinex were used to manipulate the market, they agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and, that that is new, Aaron, because you know we talked about it on the show where I was, you know, where you didn't believe the tether thing was real. But I don't believe it
0: anymore <laughs> now because it's just based on the same information. It's not new information. It's like someone being retried with the same evidence and the jury finding them guilty again. Yeah, like it's not any more convincing to me because they don't have any greater evidence of market manipulation or fraud.
1: It's not that I don't believe, but it is another set of expert eyes that that's, that yeah, but agreed. But are they
0: really expert eyes? Like two economists like at a university. I mean, look at this like I report mean, look, that came out from the Central as, Banking it's, Institute. It's,
1: this as, week. it's as expert as we're gonna get in crypto. Right? I feel like it's expert in the way it's that better like, than like the, it's better than people with anime avatars trolling Bitfinex Twitter account.
0: It's like expert in the way that like blood splatter analysis in the scare staircase
1: is expert. Um, I
0: and it has a hypothesis already and it is coming to the conclusion of that hypothesis which okay. people already you're, did
1: you're turning into like an anime avatar right now <laughs> in, in front of me. i think that we could trust two university of texas when economists. you see me as an
0: anime avatar you see me as porco rosso right yes <laughs> <laughs> i
1: think we could trust two i think the fact that two economists from the university of texas co-signed what bitfinext was saying yeah is at least a small Move towards more credibility for this story. Well,
0: here's one of the reasons I think you're more right than I thought you were last time we talked about this. The price hasn't gone back up there.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the de- so
0: <laughs> if there was a ton of demand to pay over $10,000 for Bitcoin, I would think we, we would have. Uh, Gotten at least over the $8,000 hump by now. The
1: the other thing, though, is, like, look, I think that the Bitfinex thing was overblown. Yeah. Because I think the real thing driving it was people in China funneling money out of China through Korea, through Bitcoin. But why did they stop doing that? Uh, Because the Korean exchanges all did KYC, Know Your Customer, laws. Oh, yeah. So they can't anymore. And that's what I think actually crashed it, but... The uh, Bitfinex thing, yeah, I mean, look, it definitely manipulated the market a little bit, and I, I do think that having more information about it is fine, but I think it's also better for that to not be happening now. Well,
0: we talked about this last time it happened, which was not only did it crash the market the first time, not completely crashed, but it brought the market down, It we didn't root any of it out of the system. Tether is still used at Bitfinex, it's still a major player in the system. It's this weird thing where we FUD, heavily but we don't fix the problem and so now it's come back again and whether it's real or not almost doesn't matter this time what it does is cast doubt on the idea that there was real demand for bitcoin above $10,000 and i think that's extremely damaging i disagree with your idea that it was that it's better overall i think it's way harder to climb the same mountain twice especially knowing that the first time you had like a bunch of oxygen you didn't know about and it was actually, like, fake and easier. And I think it's going to be harder <laughs> to, to picture, build. P-
1: I'm trying to picture this metaphor that you've done. First of all, <laughs> it's much easier to climb a mountain. You've already climbed. What's it? It is easier to climb a mountain that you've already climbed. I think it's, no, I think it's harder if you no, think you've. No, no, I mean, just cl- in terms of climbing actual right. physical mountains. But
0: if you think you did it, like, Okay. If you think you ran a six minute mile and then you found out oh that was actually a seven and a half minute mile and now you have to run a six yes, minute mile, that's a much mile, better metaphor. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've actually made it harder. And a lot of this stuff is about momentum and psychological barriers. And the first time it just felt like wow, Bitcoin's going up forever. Get in like now, buy it nineteen thousand dollars. Soon it'll be at fifteen thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars.
1: Okay, but here, this is my my argument is this, which is that. Having more people know about Bitcoin in general and yep. having a lot of people, eight, let's say 80% of them think it's a scam and that it's a joke, right? And that 20% think that it's real and they're interested in it. That 20%, given the scale of the number of people who now knew about Bitcoin, is is a shitload of new people who believe in Bitcoin. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. That And that that was completely dependent on the price spiking that much. And so... I don't think it can happen this year. I don't think it maybe could even happen next year. But the next time that there is a Bitcoin bull run, I think a lot more people will already know about it and be buying in and that maybe some of the new people who come in, you know, will b- have some sort of compelling argument to believe that it's real this time.
0: I think the, the uh, argument you're making is that there is a eternal pool of suckers that's never depleted to buy-in and yeah, my I argument do, would I do be, believe that I mean look if you're it's a poker <laughs> players belief I do believe that you do, don't you never you don't go to the card room if you don't
1: think there's an eternal yeah, pool no, of I suckers really or there's there. an eternal pool of suckers if or the take, stock market if, really
0: if you take my view which is that maybe there's a limited pool at least of um suckers with the money to put with enough money to really float the system I feel like we we shuck a lot of them out right a lot of those more buying above 10,000 guilty right here that's me one of them and they Same. panic sold or are crying into their cup of wine now. And they're not, <laughs> they're not as interested in buying it all the way up as they were before. Now, if you think they're just going to be replaced by a bunch of new people, then that's okay. But I think a lot of those people were influenced by the media and by friends and by seeing people who'd made huge gains. And now there aren't people who made huge gains and there isn't a media that's breathlessly covering it. And I think it's going to be way harder to build back up to there. And that momentum lost, I think, is a major setback.
1: Okay, well, two things. First, I kind of agree with you that uh, it'll be hard to get the media in motion again in the same way. Yep. And that is a big driver. Word-of-mouth stuff, I also think, probably some of those networks have been eroded. That's why I'm saying in a couple years, maybe. The real... The the, the more I think about this, the, the real conclusion that I've come to that I think is the most likely outcome is that there will be a new form of cryptocurrency that is not Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know, that is fundamentally sound and probably backed by Silicon Valley. And that that thing will replace what that that thing can have a sort of crypto hysteria in the same sort of way that Bitcoin did. I agree that it's harder for Bitcoin itself to go on that type of bull run or Ethereum or any of these existing products. But I think that the idea of crypto now that more people believe in it if you can somehow plausibly say this is real and that this is scam proof and maybe even it takes something like uh, the SEC being like this thing is okay and we we are carefully regulating it yeah i don't see why you couldn't just replicate that in a couple of years
0: i think that's an interesting idea i like the idea of a like bitcoin versus silicon valley showdown i definitely can see it going there where instead of two really totally Disparate projects I and mean, Ethereum we're and Bitcoin about, I
1: guess, is <laughs> We are talking
0: <laughs> about Ripple. What? Why is our editor <laughs> is our editor like a Ripple? Got it real? I think we accidentally got our editor really into Ripple, James. <laughs> <laughs> we were making fun of Ripple on the show. We weren't trying to sell you. He keeps like sending us like kind of quasi Ripple propaganda. I, know, I, like, I, I think it's interesting it counterpoint. In, <laughs> I think
1: it <laughs> seeped into my brain where I think I just made the case for Ripple. Yeah. Just like I made the case for the Bitcoin stable coin, You <laughs> yeah. just made the case
0: for, for Ripple. You're like, well, what will it be? All right. Well, so maybe it's Ripple. Maybe it's something else. But two. Apples to apples things competing rather than what I see is b- Bitcoin and Ethereum yeah, or apples to oranges. Totally. Like when someone is like, Why are you in Bitcoin? You should be in Ethereum. I'm like, eh, Maybe I'd be in both, but like one doesn't really make me think the other one. I guess you would think that if Bitcoin works, that's probably going to be good for Ethereum because if you're going to do a bunch of like the internet runs and smart contracts, then it's helpful if there's already a currency. Yeah. But mostly I see them on. Divergent Paths, which is not reflected in the market, which is just moving in total lockstep right now. Which is crazy that uh, this week, Ethereum was declared more or less not a security.
1: Yeah, it's a surprising development, too.
0: Um, And the way that they defined it, I think, is really good, not just for Ethereum, but for anyone who wants to do a Matryoshka doll coin. Which is, they said, Ethereum's not a security. The initial pre-sale of Ethereum tokens may have been a security sale wag your finger, bad boys, you shouldn't have done that. But it doesn't fundamentally corrupt the coin itself.
1: Yeah, it was the best possible news that Ethereum could have gotten. Yes. Like literally nothing would have been better news.
0: And if you think that somehow Bitcoin and Ethereum are competing against each other, I would have thought that Ethereum should have made a move against Bitcoin there. Did
1: not happen. So why do you think that didn't happen? Because I'm fascinated by it because I read that same news and I was like, whoa, Maybe I should actually buy some crypto. I didn't, but I but you know, I couldn't actually conceive of a better piece of news other than you know, like I what would be better news? Like uh Vitalik is dating one of the Jenner kids or something like that. You heard it like here that. first. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> like there's yeah, no, it's great news. I mean, look, there's been great news in Bitcoin land also. Like Square got a bit yeah. license, like Fidelity's in it. Like we're getting extremely bullish macro news at a really steady clip here, and it's not moving the market at all. So there's a few ways to read it, I think. I tend to read it uh, in the way that I was discussing reclimbing the mountain, where I think people are really worried about the ability to make a big bull push and no one wants to be the first person to jump in. I think there's a significant viewpoint that it could go lower here. So a lot of people are like, eh, I'll get in when it's moving.
1: Yeah, The, the, my dad thesis.
0: Yeah. And additionally, it seems like everyone does see themselves as standing behind Bitcoin in line. That Ethereum's not going to run until something positive happens to Bitcoin.
1: Yeah. I, okay. So I have two theories. The first is similar to your first theory, which is that, uh, that we are in such a funk right now that nothing can snap us out of it.
0: We're in a deep funk.
1: Uh, the second thing that I would say is that we might be having a sort of misconnections type of thing, right? Where before we thought that the input of news and the input of hype and the input of good things that happen in crypto inflates the price, yes. right? It could be that the price is completely an independent thing that is manipulated by a small group of people yes. and uh, that those people have are starting to run out of tools to manipulate that market or have lost interest or whatever, or moved on. Yeah, they're
0: all, they're all like at the
1: same party in the crib now. <laughs> yeah, and the exactly. Wi-Fi is out and no, one, no they're, one's printing together. They're, the one, they're the only people with power in Puerto what, Rico. What happened to Bitfinext? Um, I he no disappeared, right? He disappeared, yeah, he might have been. He's probably dead. Yeah, the triads who uh who who stormed into uh, Steve's house might yeah. have gone to visit Bitfinex. It could be that the it, as I said, it could be that no input actually influences the price ever, and maybe it never did, and that the two are operating completely separately.
0: That is hard to wrap your head around because it suggests the the price of Bitcoin is like just a totally, totally, totally made up thing, and. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a really like no faith in markets to believe that.
1: Would you be? No, no. I think that it can make small adjustments, but I don't think that it can kick off massive things like what we saw before. Um, The only thing that can kick off massive movements is actual price movement. So that makes sense. So like, so like if it doesn't matter what the news is, if Bitcoin jumps $1,200 today, which who knows, maybe it could happen uh, that that matters, you know? And that that might get more people to buy back in. No amount of news is going to influence. Is going to influence it.
0: I agree with you a little bit in the sense of like you know how in the NBA playoffs, there's like an extreme recency bias. Like someone has a really like a team has a really bad game, and their overall chance of winning the finals psychologically can swing really far. Yeah, and that doesn't really make sense. It's irrational. Like there's a lot of variance. Let's say especially in a three point heavy game. And I think the Bitcoin bullish bearishness has a real recency bias where no one wants to buy right after it went down and everyone wants to buy right after it went up, which is exactly the opposite of yeah. how math should it's, work it's in this situation.
1: It's the talk investment strategy. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's the buy high, sell low strategy <laughs> yeah. and it's very, it's very real. And we know that Bitcoin buyers and Bitcoin markets are immature and, so, you know, some may say, um, uh, inexperienced. Um, so I think that could, that could be real that we're waiting for one piece of one run and then that could set off a mega run. I I could believe that hypothesis, but we've always said that if there's a true breakdown, the go to zero breakdown, you know, that it would start with exchanges. Yeah. And I'm as negative as I've been in a long time about crypto. I don't know exactly why I'm trying to unpack like where I lost the faith, where, where my uh, belief in God went away. And I think my central feeling is I'm blown away by the elegance and the incredible foresight of the Satoshi system, but it feels like the biggest flaw in that system right now is that it still has to run through exchanges. And even that one crucial link, it's totally decentralized. People are running nodes or whatever. The fact that people are need exchanges means you can't really believe anything that you can't really know what's going on because all of it is behind the wizard of Oz curtain. And behind that curtain is uh, CZ from Binance and everyone who runs an exchange and, and everyone who can really change the price. Based on their own software, and we
1: would have no insight into what's going okay. on. Okay, I have a question for you then, yeah. which is not like, to uh, call
0: out CZ personally. I don't have any belief that Binance is no, better or worse than anyone. We're but,
1: fans of CZ, but
0: but the whole exchange system has an immense power to make you believe the price is X. Okay, and now that pr- that has been shaken, I don't believe that the price was ever nineteen thousand dollars.
1: Oh no. Question for you then: Let's say that somebody very trustworthy who has been in the Bitcoin space forever right like sure. so like adam back or something like that yep. or even like uh, sabo sure way die creates a decentralized exchange and the only thing that it sells is bitcoin do you think that that's a possible solution
0: i think truly functional decentralized exchanges would be the most bullish thing that could happen for bitcoin right now
1: so why do you think that those have not like there are decentralized exchange projects right i
0: think that they are not quite there yet
1: okay but what about this idea that it would only sell bitcoin
0: i think that's an interesting idea and i can see the value of it i also think atomic swaps are an interesting idea atomic swaps have similarities to decentralized exchanges they allow you to make a transaction without some sort of a middleman but i think that there's a big problem and we're seeing this a little bit in eos right now where eos has this whole voting system you have to vote with your private keys <laughs> but no one's got their private yeah. keys because everyone's keys on are in custodial yeah. accounts yeah. and i don't know if custodial accounts and decentralized exchanges can really exist in the same space and additionally you still need a fiat on road the decentralized exchanges doesn't solve how do you buy bitcoin in the first
1: place well you could i mean you could it would be direct peer-to-peer money transfers
0: but how do you peer-to-peer transfer fiat for Bitcoin with a de- in a decentralized manner? Who's taking the fiat? Uh,
1: the person who's selling you the Bitcoin. Well, then,
0: then you're having decentralized fiat swaps without no your cut. Like,
1: well, uh, well how else would it work? You, you you think that it would only work with Bitcoin?
0: I think that the first decentralized exchanges are going to be for token token swaps. I think that's the ones the ones that you're talking about now. If you're asking why. Why why are we not already there yet? The early decentralized exchanges, there's not a decentralized exchanges that allow for fiat I, trading. This is where, yes, I, as far I, as I know,
1: I think that really just talking this through with you, that I've come, you know, I think that the maximalists are, are, are basically right then, right? I agree with you that exchanges, that we have not had a catastrophic exchange of event yet, which is shocking.
0: Or at least but, since Mount Gox. Well,
1: exactly, since Gox. If there is another Gox and we're blocked yeah right and that given the amount of fraud of monks and you know I'm not trying to call out a uh, trade ogre or whatever what is it called trade ogre yes. trade ogre or anything like that that all these new exchanges are popping up the chances that one of them are completely fraudulent is very high right yes
0: although I'll say this I think there won't be another gox because it's so profitable to actually run an exchange now it's not worth defrauding people
1: well we, yeah but you don't know like it, it like that's That is uh, assuming that everyone is a rational actor in here, right? So when somebody says, hold your own keys, Bitcoin is the only thing, it's kind of a compelling argument, I think, at this point, right? Like, we've just had now, what, a year of shit, right? Uh, You and I have both been, it's been over a year, I think. Yep. And, you know, like, we just have, it's just been an explosion of shit coins, explosion of exchanges, and none of it seems to be moving towards a product. And I think that at some point you just have to kind of scale back and be like, well, why am I in this? And I think for me, and I think also for you, it is no longer about getting rich quickly, which is what sort of, because yeah. <laughs> we've, 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 sort of dis- we've, got, we've, we've gotten poor slowly. <laughs> we've, failed, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we've gotten poor slowly is right. <laughs> very, very slowly, but we have learned a lot. So if it's not about getting rich quickly, quickly than what it's about, like it's about eventually holding something that you feel like could be an integral part of future economics, right? Then you should just hold your own keys and you should just have Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, you, but there's like all sorts of like shoulds in the world. If generally a, in my interest in user experience, you can't say should, you know, yeah, you should uh, encrypt I'm not your s- email. You should use no, PGP no, no. I'm just talking about a personal choice. You shouldn't be on Facebook.
1: Like per- <laughs> I'm talking about a personal choice. No, but I, but
0: I think the problem is when if enough consumers take the easy route, then this utopian future can't exist. The last time we were talking about where it was going, I thought it was going more in the Coinbase direction, which is a mega Silicon Valley backed custodial everything. And that is one eventuality, but that gets you very deep into the manipulation territory where there's a central player who really can control the market. And at least the first generation of central players who could control the market, the Bitfinex, the Goxes, have been short-term greedy and fucked up a lot. And I do believe until we reach that decentralized exchange state, uh, I'm not really going to believe the price as much. And not believing the price makes me not want to I know, buy. but
1: I don't understand what that has to do with this idea that as a personal choice that one should, if one believes in crypto, that they should probably just hold their own personal keys.
0: People can't keep, figure out how to use passwords either. I,
1: but I, I'm just talking about if you should, fi- if you should know how to use a keep your own keys if you really believe in crypto.
0: I guess what I'm saying is, even if I hold my own keys, if I don't believe that the mass of crypto users are going to hold their keys, it doesn't help me that much that I'm holding my keys.
1: Uh, I think it does.
0: Not if the price is being massively manipulated in centralized custodial accounts.
1: Yeah, but it does in the sense that you are then, you know, free from... If, from if you're entirely shares, really.
0: price agnostic, right? Yeah. And, and I will no, but say... But that's what my argument is. Yeah. I
1: feel like at this point when we have no idea what the price is because of all this manipulation, that one... And this look, some of our friends who are super into crypto are like this. Yeah. I, I think that they're fundamentally right. Or at least they right. claim to be. They claim crypto. to be, Yes. <laughs> I think that one should be price agnostic right now. Yes, you shouldn't buy at this level, right? But uh, you should just hold. Well,
0: my my feeling is, let me ask you a question. When we got when we started taping the basement tapes, I think Bitcoin was like four thousand ish. Yeah. If Bitcoin was where it is right now, six thousand five hundred, that's not actually that's not actually a bad return. Fifty percent. Yeah, fifty percent in a year. Uh, beat like beat mutual funds yeah you know um would it be healthier if we had slowly crawled to 6500 versus speeding to nineteen thousand and then running the whole way back down
1: i don't know maybe but again i think that goes into the question of you know the that the hype cycle did help in terms of converting a lot of people at once and that a lot of those people now are really mad at bitcoin but I think that more people are still happy about Bitcoin or still believe in Bitcoin than would happen if we had slowly climbed to here.
0: I think I think we ruined some of that like good first wave. Although look, many waves have been ruined. The Goxers were ruined. Like yeah. Bitcoin has bounced back before, and that's why I'm still in, because I do believe it like can and will
1: rebound. Also but, you can't sell right now. I don't want to
0: sell right now. <laughs> but I will say I'm as skeptical and negative as i've ever been and i have had like angry swirling dark visions that like oh, we all got scammed the only people who really the people who succeeded here are all the short term greedy people they had the right strategy yeah that's what who I was saying. steve was
1: right steve <laughs> steve and skycoin were right they're just like they, like they had the, they actually saw it for what it was you yeah. know I feel like it, if you look at this landscape and you say, okay, we have a completely open market. There are no regulations. How can I most profit off of it? Right? That probably was the right mentality. And I think that's why these Bitcoiners, are these uh, maximalists are so mad, you know, because they feel like something was was destroyed and that they got jacked. And the thing that they can't uh, really come to terms with is the reason why it got jacked was because of their underlying philosophy about all of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, if you believe it was a jacking Basically, what happened is people came along and sold people increasing amounts of tether in exchange for U.S. dollars that were traded for Bitcoin at like $15,000. And then that popped and like all that it took to do it was just a bunch of tether. Like you can like trade shit coins and double your Bitcoin or whatever. But like the real winners here are the people who are running the casinos. And those are also the people who are really in control. And I don't know... If you're ever gonna really wrestle control back from them after they centralize this much power, yeah. that's the other thing about these decentralized exchanges. The centralized exchanges are not gonna be happy about them.
1: Yeah, and I don't understand. Like they hold so much, they hold everyone's Bitcoin and shitcoin, and so like, how do you leak that out to those places? You know, like uh, it's it's difficult.
0: The value to me of that Silicon Valley coin that is not Ripple that you described. Would in some ways be a reset.
1: Well, that's what I think we need. Like, that's why I think the reset, given that both, you know, the concentration of Bitcoin in the hands of a small group of people, uh, which makes the vision for um, hyper Bitcoinization terrifying, you know, and uh, just all the problems that we have right now, I think that we kind of need something that people can believe in. I'm not sure if you can really dust these two things off. I think you could with Bitcoin, but I think it would just take a long time.
0: Yeah, I think Bitcoin is le- is almost like a country or like a fiat currency that it's like it's been through some shit it's got <laughs> some dents in it. Some, <laughs> some murders were ordered, but like we're moving on now, you. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, all right, well, I'll leave you with one parting note. what which is me and you have long tried to get our own coin, Cancoin. yeah, it's gone by many names. and uh, as people know. I made a bid to take over control of the SEMO Coin project. In its darkest hour. I was rejected, but it would be a lot of fun to run
1: a, one of these game plans ourselves. I I think that we should actually just do Can Coin.
0: Like, can you imagine the Telegram channel where I'm like, Jay has been kidnapped. The triads got him. They want ten thousand Bitcoin, and like. Then I'm, people are like, they're faking. They're fake mad at each other. And I'd be like, no, I'm really mad at Jay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we hire
0: a Chinese marketing team.
1: I'll just be the Chinese marketing team. And uh, a fake Chinese. We could have like 50 employees that don't exist.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're going to be deep in Chinese money laundering. That's what I, I also feel like instead of just advertising all the same generic stuff, our coin would just advertise all the actual applications of these coins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll see you next
1: time. All week. right, bye. This episode of Coin Talk was taped Monday, June 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Bitcoin price index was six thousand
0: six hundred and fifty-one dollars. And that was Coin Talk. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to my co-host Jay Kang. Thanks to our editor James Nicholson. Thanks to our partners at Medium. You can find all our episodes at medium.com/coin talk, including transcripts. Uh, we had a great interview last week with a miner and fund person. Uh, a lot of stuff I didn't know in there. He also wrote a book about Ethereum. You can read the whole transcript of that interview and all of our interviews. You get a few free and then you have to become a medium member. You can always send us an email. Hi at cointalk.show. Talking to Safadine Amus about taping our final Bitcoin standard book club. So send us your questions on that. We'll see you next week.